This is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. And every word of it's true, too. That's the fantastic part of it. Didn't you really feel so bad because killing him felt so good? And why shouldn't it feel good? You must feel good to God. He does it all the time. Bring some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Is that uh, absolutely necessary? Yes. What did he say? He's, he's afraid it is. Ah, oh, fine. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Kill your brother. You'll feel better. White lines in the middle of the road. It's the worst place to drive. Welcome to the Cult of Classics, the podcast that loves to say, Michael, 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 almost as much as Joel Schumacher's vampire classic, The Lost Boys. Before we even get into opening thoughts, I just wanted to give a quick bit of trivia that the name Michael is said in this movie about 188 times. That is what's up. It's approximate. But yeah. Joel Schumacher, 1987, uh, vampire classic, classic of the genre, classic of the the of the period, classic teen movie. Um, the Lost Boys is one of those cult classics that doesn't rely too heavily on the plot. Mm-mm. You know, it knows what it is, and it delivers on its premise. And Schumacher set out to make a movie about hot teen beach vampires, and that's exactly that's exactly what the fuck he gave us. You know, there are some smart things that he does. Uh, with his camera work to focus the budget where it needs to be, I feel like, and also to just kind of like woo, 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 like move the story along. Um, like the 80s in general, there is excellent uh, high-key gay energy throughout the movie. Are you talking about the dangly earrings? Um, well, uh, just the vibe in That's general. That's George Michael kind of inspired uh, yeah, George, wardrobe. A little George Michael inspired wardrobe. Also, um, the, uh, the band... The wettest, okay, okay. The wettest bodybuilder. What is with the band? <laughs> was, it was just like my my first thought was, why is this gigantic guy? He's enormous, and he's a rock star, and he's like he's a shirt. He's and a why haven't we kept doing this? Oiled bodybuilder with a with a slick back ponytail and a saxophone, just a loose saxophone, and it's. It's incredible, though, to think about this individual. If we just remove him from the film for a second mm-hmm. and just put him in isolation, who the fuck has the dedication to working out like a that, that is required to do this, to be that built and be a rock star? Yeah, nobody. So is it genetics? Is this man the most <laughs> genetically gifted human on the planet? I mean, if so, it's ridiculous because it's mass, too. It's huge. It's not even just being, like, cut. Like, it's not somebody who's just, like, naturally is in, like, decent shape. It's like, this guy is enormous. No, I think he just I figured was, it out. I figured his backstory out. He is the heir to a fortune, and he works out for four hours a day in the morning, yeah. and then he plays with his band for six hours. And yeah, and he gets a little saxophone practice in between. Um, but he can't party out late. He's got working out to do in the morning. He's got a lot of... He's got to get up at four. You he know? is oiled up. <laughs> like, I, when I was watching this, I was like, Blake said a lot of shit about Conan back when we talked about Conan. This is a different This level. is an oiled up. That's why I was like, Conan's not oiled up. Yeah. This guy is 
oil. Yeah, this guy looks like he just had like a five-gallon vat of oil just dumped on top of him. He's just slick. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's but it's top down. Like it's to, it's his it's all of him. Like there is not a an unoiled part of his torso, head, or hair. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so just to, I mean, that's really the most important Shoemaker thing. Shoemaker's a wild. He just does wild Shoemaker shit. Shoemaker was just like, I want, I want hot vampires, beefcakes. Beef I want hot, hot boys. Yeah, I want hot boys. <laughs> I, want, I want hot boys. He's like, I want people to be like, I can't talk right now. I'm doing hot boy shit. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, so <laughs> this yeah. is a teen pop idol vampire movie. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 it's. It's what it is. Everybody has <laughs> to be sexy. Everybody has to be sexy in Lost Boys. Yeah, or a child. Everybody's fucking in Lost Boys. Even the grandpa. Even the, even the grandpa is fucking. Everybody is getting some or yeah. trying to get some. Um, there's some funny bits with the Corys and their other little buddy. <laughs> that's that's oh, another little buddy. Their, the other frog brother. The other frog brother. Yeah, yeah. Like there's that's one thing that I noticed about this movie is like completely unnecessary characters <laughs> but like that they're just kind of there for filler because otherwise you could really do this movie with like six people um they just like that he liked to fill space i guess yeah and listen okay so Schumacher's is, a good director is, i just want to put that up out front I, he, he the movie is well made no he's a good director it's like it is and like okay so is it going to change your life not unless you are currently experiencing your sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but then it really will stick with you. And also are a super goth kid. Yeah. A beach goth. A beach goth. If beach goth rare, is your aesthetic, very rare. then the Lost Boys is for you. Is it a fun little watch? Yes. Okay. It's not it wasn't a box office flop and it was critically received like okay. Yeah. Which is typically not it's not typical for a cult classic movie, but it retains a cult, cl a cult following 33 years later. Because it's kind of bad, too. Because, yeah, it's kind of bad. <laughs> it's kind of bad, but it's like fun bad. Yeah, it is fun bad. And it's, yeah, it's it's got a huge cult following, and it's been paid homage to, it's become such like a cultural touch point that's paid homage to by all these other like vampire genre movies. Like in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, when they, they invite people over and they're like, do you like... Buscati <laughs> <laughs> with the garlic instead of the parmesan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the and he's like, "Why are you eating worms?" <laughs> and yeah, he turns it into. And he's like, "And now your penis is a snake." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> my, my dick's a snake. That's not fucking cool." <laughs> but um, so yeah, cultural touch point. Let's get into the plot. Act one. Details, details. We open on a Sharks versus the Jets style confrontation between Kiefer Sutherland's David and the Lost Boys and an unnamed beach jock crew on a merry-go-round yeah, <laughs> at the yeah, boardwalk yeah. in Santa Carla, which we later find out is uh, known as the murder capital of the world. It's on the back of the billboard. Yeah, it's, as, as they're, they're driving in. in. Yeah. It's like, immediately we, we know what's up. There's no way that the Lost Boys aren't vampires. <laughs> and then they end up, they leave the merry-go-round, but then they end up hunting and killing the guard that breaks up the fight. And a neat little bit of camera work that we're going to keep, Schumacher's going to continue to use throughout the movie, which is smart just from a practical standpoint, from a filming standpoint, because they shot the movie in three weeks. Which is, I, I just want to say, the fact that this movie is as good as it is and they filmed it in three weeks Nuts. is a very big testament to everybody involved. Yeah. No joking aside, the people that worked on this film... Amazing crew. Know how to fucking make movies. Amazing cast, amazing crew. Like, yeah. everybody had to show up and kill it every day for yeah. that timeline to work. They so, had to done, like, 14-hour days. It's not. It had to have been. Well, I mean, I'm sure yeah. it helped because they were shooting so much at night and yes. because they had a lot of, like, different scenes with different people that they could shoot. So probably different crews 
moving around different places, shooting different stuff at the same time, which is not uncommon, but still three weeks for an hour and a half long movie. That's impressive. Um, yeah. So they kill the guard, but the impressive thing about the, 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 the good decision here that I immediately recognized was deciding to show the vampires flying in point of view rather than, yeah. um, trying to do a practical effect or like rely on some sort of like very early, like digital special effect, special effect. It, keeps the the tension but it mm -hmm. also avoids you having to like show Kiefer Sutherland on a on a wire rig which would have looked cheesy it would have looked ridiculous so it was a really good decision and he maintains that clever, point of view thing yeah. throughout the movie which is just a testament to you know his, his how cool of a director he is um so yeah we cut to the opening montage and it's going to neatly set up the beach goth aesthetic um, <laughs> we meet our protagonists, Sam and Michael, 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 become a vampire, become a vampire. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> so as they move to Santa Carla with their mom, who's Diane Weist, who I love from the birdcage, the conservative mom, Diane Weist is amazing. First of all, yeah, super cute, super cute. Gotta just put it out there. Very like, like. Very delicate. Everybody in this movie is Aesthetic. beautiful, though. Yeah, this like, is true. This is not if you no uggo is allowed. This everyone in this movie, <laughs> I like, like I'm not you know Michael. He is a beautiful man. Like yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, a, like, I was Patrick. like, I was like, well, this guy is a beautiful man. Incredibly and uh, incredibly attractive. Jamie Gertz. Oh my yeah. god. It kind of makes sense how the the love interest happens so quickly. Yeah, I'm like because they're so attractive. I'm and like so young. Yeah, I'm like I, I can kind of get that. It kind of makes sense. And I, ne you know what? I never really begrudge, like when in a, t a movie about teenagers when, when the, they just immediately when they just up. immediately hook up because like that's real. Like it is and, it is real. And people and and, and like yeah. you know teenagers are dumb and they think that when they're attracted to somebody they're like I'm in love with you. So right. like I, I I never begrudge. I don't begrudge that. And also way. if you look like this, it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're also insanely attractive. It's pretty easy. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Yeah, but um, yeah. So um. Their mom, Lucy, uh, has recently divorced their dad for vague and unimportant reasons. Does not matter why. We meet nutty OG grandpa, whose only real concerns are his car, his root beer and double thick Oreos, taxidermy, we go. and getting down with local widows. He, he, he really does <laughs> he put it down on that widow. <laughs> and also is a G. He is he, and he's got the very end of the movie. I, I don't want to spoil it, but like yeah. he does a great line at the end of the film. So Yeah. Well, I mean, like we 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 assume that you have seen the yeah. movie when when you listen to the podcast. But <laughs> he's like, just like there's so many fucking vampires in Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah. like, that's one thing I hate about Santa Cruz, the fucking All the vampire. damn vampires. I was just like the whole time he was the biggest G in the whole movie. Yeah. But well, I, second, second biggest. Sec yeah, yeah, yeah. There is one much higher yeah. quality G. <laughs> but we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. Um but yeah, we meet Nutty Grandpa. Um, he's silly. He's also not to be trifled with in any, in any way. We hit the boardwalk at night and we're like slap bang into the plot immediately. Michael and Sam go and we see the, the wettest bodybuilder in America play the saxophone. And this is where <laughs> Michael sees star who's Jamie Gertz and immediately falls in love with her. Um, he ditches Sam at a copy shop or a comic shop where we meet the frog brothers who are our comic relief. Yeah. And, uh, their first names don't matter. One of them is Corey Feldman. LOL. <laughs> and just at Corey Feldman in general. This was the start of the Haim Feldman. It was. The Corys. This yeah, is the, the Corys. First, the first movie that they were ever in together, the two Corys. And they, they would go on to star in many, many movies together over the course of Corey Haim's very sad life. Yeah. Um, 
But um, they, the Frog Brothers are working in this comic shop for their dead question mark parents. <laughs> like that, we was, never see them. That was an odd sight gag. Yeah. Like there was also there was always somebody, like somebody in an adult in the shop that looked like they had just had all of their blood sucked out by a vampire. <laughs> like huh. yeah. they're like they're sitting there with sunglasses on. I'm like, are your parents just like on heroin or yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? But also, you know, not important. No, no need to look matter. at no need to look into this that. Movie any further. is not about adults very much. No. Um, but yeah, they, so they work in the comic shop and they try to like super strangely and vaguely clue in Sam to the fact that, Santa Carla has a bunch of vampires in it. I liked it. I I, I kind of like this, especially as like a kid. This is cool. Yeah, this is something that was really. This is for a kid because it's it's like they they through the book, you know, you you figure yeah. out like that. Oh wait, this is written specifically for yeah where we are right now. Which is like this is so like there is a lot of stuff for younger people in mm-hmm. in in this movie, but also like this is sort of the era of like. R-rated movies for young people. Like, I mean, or like just like uh, a more like a trust in young people in movies to be able to handle like harder content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for kids, like these are, these are, these are fun kid characters who I'm sure like every little brother who saw this movie, like was 13, like, 14 year olds. Fucking yeah. Love this. Dressing shit. like Rambo. Like they're just like, hell yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, the frog brothers, they're goofy troops. Um, but they are funny at points and they have some good, some good little jokes. But um, speaking of the jokes in this movie though, the dialogue is caught lacking yeah. many times. Like a lot of the jokes were just kind of falling flat for like the one liners and stuff. But I think that's because it's dated. It's so dated. It's dude. incredibly dated. Yeah. Like it was, inc- it had to be incredibly timely and yes. like prescient when it was released. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, who the vernacular knows? used and the expressions and the, and the style of jokes. It's were, been completely were very specific to that point in time. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, every, every decade is guilty of this, but this, there are just some glaring examples, but in 87, I'm sure these jokes were killing. Well, which, you know, as a writer, you can, you can not, you don't necessarily have to look down on that. I think like you can, you can look at it as, okay, yes, these jokes I yeah. know that this is slang only for the period that I'm in. Yeah. But will it get this screenplay sold and will it make some money? Yeah. It could. And will it last? No. But I'm not interested in that. I'll just write another one. Yeah. Will you fuck with me and get some money? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't blame him at all. I get it now. Now, it, it does suffer now. In yeah. retrospect. Yeah. This is the bad part. But, but I do understand the thinking the thought process behind it yeah i do too and i mean especially for a teen movie like that's where you put dialogue like this that is exactly where you put it you know um so we gotta you know we we we're setting things up let's get some let's get some real deal plot going so michael is almost immediately recruited into the lost boys gang after he uh speaks with star briefly the next night um and gets into a dirt bike uh, cockfight with David. This is my favorite scene in Lost Boys. Was the initial ride down the beach yeah. on the dirt bikes. That is genuinely cool. And a, and a really, well really well shot scene. Yeah. And it's just great camera work and great uh, staging. And it's it's cool. It's thrilling. Like think about being 17 yeah. and riding down the beach on a dirt bike with a group of people and a girl that you're really into. Yeah. It's and, a really ex- exhilarating moment. And it's got like this sort of timeless teen quality about it where like you are in so whatever sort of like 
natural like you you see it used in a lot of teen movies like whatever sort of natural obstacle course or like trial you can do used to prove yourself like yeah i mean you see it like in footloose in the uh in the trail the trailer chicken you know and like in uh in like myriad fucking teen movies where yeah. like you have to take on the big like current group the townie group leader when you're new to town you and know? the song like that's yeah. one thing the lost boys really has there's the the, the main song in the film Mm-hmm. is cool as shit. Cry little sister. Or yeah. And like haunting. Yeah. And this scene still is powerful. Is yeah. what I'm saying like, this is still really strong. And Michael and David's confrontation at the end of it is like yeah. a classic teen trope, but also like very, it's, it's, it's acted well because it's, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's out here doing a good job. He did do a great job. Um, but yeah, so we have the dirt bike cock fright cockfight and the lost boys show him their obvious vampire lair like i if i were to uh, you, you would know immediately i'd be like oh so you guys are vampires <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like okay cool like right, cool i don't know if i want to drink what's in your bedazzled wine bottle <laughs> but i'm down to hang if you're down if you want to hang out um but yeah and in this scene we also get the iconic uh the rice and maggots bit the the yeah. the noodles and worms bits like could a billion chinese people be wrong yeah <laughs> just keep Sutherland just eating it up um and michael is going to wake up the next day well on his way to becoming a vampire after he dr- he does make the fatal mistake of drinking out of the bedazzled wine wine bottle yeah the bedazzle bottle <laughs> <laughs> um, the elaborate flask. Yeah, it really, it was like I, there was this big trend in like the eighties, early nineties of having these sort of gaudy, like d- decorated, normal things, like like wine bottles or mirrors or phones or something like. Yeah, that had or, like yeah, they just had like these or shoes. Yeah, shoes, furniture, clothing, like all sort of just sort of decorated with like these bright synthetic rocks. Like <laughs> they were, it's not even bedazzling as much, but it's just like, it's a real look. It's a real tacky look. Yeah. But it, it also, it works for these, these lost boys who are like recently vampires. We yeah. don't know. We assume it does. Their, their lair has a Moroccan kind of feel to it as well. Yeah. But like they, you know, they also are clearly like of the time culturally. I feel like that's very important as a vampire that you keep up with the times. Cause like, if not, you just, they're all up. very new vampires. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think these are all young vampires. Yeah, which is a theme that goes largely on 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 a stone that goes unturned. And, and was the length of time they've been vampires? The length of time they've been like just everything about them, like how right, they feel yeah. about being vampires. They're all so young. Like what? There's a lot to, but that's a different movie. That's not the Lost Boys no. to talk about thoughts and feelings. That is not. We about that action here. We are about that action. <laughs> so we're gonna bring it back to Sam and Michael's house. Sam gets to see the brunt of Michael's changes while the grandpa's off getting lucky with a widow, as per usual. (laughs) As per (laughs) usual. Don't forget his dope, like, taxidermist that he keeps giving... Yeah. To Sam. Yeah. He gives, he gives, or we do set up their relationship a little bit earlier with Sam's, like, gets the, gets a taxidermied owl and, like, we find out a little, and a gopher. And we set up, we set up Sam's character a little bit and, like, their relationship with the mom, but all that's tertiary. (laughs) Cause we bout that action. (laughs) And we are about that flying POV shot. Yeah. And playing that same song over and over and over (laughs) and over and over and over and over and over again. Five times, dude. Dude, it's it's insane. Way more than five. (laughs) It's got to be like 10 times, 15. They play it every single time. That is an interesting way of like getting around having a, like a cool 
new soundtrack of hits yeah. is like you just have one song, one good song. It's just a banger. And just beat it up yeah. <laughs> over the course of the movie. Shoemaker was good with, with music. He was. But um, yeah, so but when Sam sees Michael start changing into a vampire, we get the some classic turning into a vampire hijinks. Um, like the, the floating, the uncontrollable floating, which yeah. they again take off in what we do in the shadows is hilarious. Like yeah. He just is like a shivering in the corner, but he's in the corner on the ceiling when he's turning into a vampire. Um, and Michael kind of going to see, talking to Sam about trying to talk to him about what's going on like going into the bathroom and then getting like overcome by bloodlust. And then this is the, the, the first moment, the first moment where we see the, the true power of the dopest character in this movie, yes. which is uh, Nanook, the dog. Yeah. Nanook, the, the Siberian Husky, is, is, it, is it a Siberian Husky? I think, or is it like a Malamute it's or something? A Malamute. Like, Ma- Malamute, something yeah. like. Sorry, it's something like that. But just like a big wolf dog, who is very well trained, who's been at Sam's side the whole time. He's even like he's just chilling with him in the, while he takes a bath all the time. He's with him all the time. He's a dope dog, and he's gorgeous. Oh yeah, and like very protective of Sam in particular. And when Michael trifles, Nanook checks that ass. I yeah. Like Nanook is just like, oh what? Yeah, knocks him down the stairs. You trying to pop off some bullshit? Yeah, (laughs) he's like, you gonna come up in here with the vampire shit? Yeah, when my when my boy is 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 in his bath, I'm unprotected and he's scared, and I see you, and you're just immediately. I have the most connection to Nanook. Like it's funny, but I also that was my favorite character was the dog. Yeah, I mean it's a dope dog. It's a great character, and he also is one of the biggest pros in the fucking story. Really it takes out a, a, a good section of the Lost Boys. Yeah, I mean, like a double-digit percentage of them. <laughs> yeah, because there's only four of them. There's only four, and he takes one out, so that's twenty-five percent. Did we talk about how one of them is the uh, one of Bill from Bill and Ted? Yeah, is the opposite of Bill and yeah is the, is the other lead in Bill yeah, and Ted? Alex, Alex Winter. Yeah, we haven't talked about that that much because honestly, apart from Keith or Sutherland, everything that the Lost Boys say and do is irrelevant to the plot like i mean besides the fact that they take part in it i mean like they they are a gang but Kiefer sutherland by far has the most lines and he doesn't even have that many lines in the movie it's it's crazy he's like he's an antagonist but he's not that he does his his screen time is not that much this movie's really about like michael and sam yeah and like you could make an argument that it's about like overcoming peer pressure and like the the struggles of moving to a new place. But like, it's really mostly about hot vampires. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The plot is not strong. Yeah. The plot is not strong. Yeah. Because, uh, when you, when I, when I try to think about who all of our characters motivations, I mean, really, I guess the, the overarching thing for all of them, for the, the mother, for Sam and for Michael is that they are in dysfunction and disrepair as a family because their father, cheated or they we the mother and the father have divorced have divorced for vague reasons for vague reasons and the grandfather implies that she says something like you know you're the only woman i know that didn't benefit from getting a divorce or something like that right and which in, implies through like and then we get some more development with her character about how she's like immediately looking for a job which thankfully she finds because very low stakes <laughs> also <laughs> yeah movie. also is very happy with like a job at a department like a, a movie store or like an electronic yeah. store which yeah. is which is crazy culture and and uh, frame of reference shock to me living in you know yeah. 2021 uh yeah we're oh, yeah. like you're you're like oh i'm cool with this income 
that I'm getting from this uh, low rent department store. Yeah, like a, a mom and pop, a mom and pop shop. Yeah, that I just got hired at. But, but she also starts going out with the owner of that shop. It's Max. true. She does, which is a smart move on her part. But anyway, <laughs> what, I, what I was trying to say was that I think that the the coming together as a family, right? It's this is like a heightened story because this story is told many times of a of a a number of of children and a mother in a mm-hmm. broken marriage moving to a new place the kids being resentful towards the mother mm-hmm. and then them overcoming obstacles and coming together as a family yeah and usually it's the introduction of a uh, a new dad to what yeah. happened something like that or it's something materialized outside of the family like you know vampires or a monster right. or something like that so so it is a it, in and this is is that but it doesn't really work that hard on those relationships progressing because we have to spend a lot of time on the super hot beach vampires. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bit of trivia that something it's, it's somebody, it's a quote attributed to uh, Schumacher, but when asked why he did the film, Joel Schumacher simply stated vampires are hot. They're the only erotic mon- monsters. Frankenstein's not hot. Yeah, Frankenstein's <laughs> like, not hot. He's like, I want to make a movie about hot monsters. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, sexy teen monsters. And he did, and he sure fucking did. But it does have enough plot to get along. Yeah, it yeah. gets along. Yeah, it gets along. It moves along at a brisk pace. I'm, I mean, like honestly, the pace is great. What it's I, one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, the the one of the coolest thing about the Lost Boys, and this is not a, a, I don't say this to be disparaging at all. I say it as a compliment. Is that it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, like this is back when movies could just be an hour and a half long, and like if you were gonna make a bad movie, <laughs> or a movie that was like not classically like not dramatically driven anyway yeah. you didn't have to spend two hours fleshing out all the de- intricate details of these characters yeah, it's not a character driven film yeah this is a hot vampire hot vampire action beach movie, movie. yes that's what it is <laughs> and we want to see hot vampire action on the beach yeah so we, and just, we do and we do and we like we know just enough about the characters to care about them and that's fine that's that's perfectly fine um but yeah so after Nanook checks the fuck out of Michael, Michael comes snaps back to reality and starts to talk to Sam, who's like really upset at first, um, but pretty quickly gets over it and yeah, yeah, yeah. decides that Michael can is only half vampire, so he can be saved. Um, and then Michael decides to go and ask Star for help because she's like the only one who's not overtly menacing <laughs> of yeah. the Lost Boys crew. Um, so he goes and he, he you know, intent on asking her for help, but instead they immediately have sex. And this is something that uh, Aaron pointed out is that they have the classic eighties sit on the bed facing each other. Yes. And like slowly yeah. undress as the sex scene unfolds. Right. Like that's very, very indicative of the time where like, cause I don't know a lot of people who do that, who just like sit in low light, like, cross-legged or on their knees on a bed no i've never done that i've never done that either in just my like whole life facing your yeah. partner and just like looked at each other no for a long time never i feel like that. that's something that you really only see like jean-claude van damme do molly ringwall does that i mm-hmm. feel like a lot just a lot of cross-legged kissing yeah a lot of like sitting across from each other on a on some sort of surface and like unnaturally just looking at each other right um 
But again, this is really a strong selling point for the film. Is like yeah. you take two of the most beautiful people in the movie, you put them together and make them have, and have sex. sex, and you extend that scene as long as you can. Yeah, and it's it is it does take its time. Yeah, and it's, it's shot well. It's shot it tastefully. Does. Yeah, it is. Um, meanwhile, uh, Max, who Sam and the Frog Brothers now suspect of being the head vampire, they immediately cast suspicion on him for no That's, real reason. No, besides they they're just like he only works at night. He's the head vampire. He's the head vampire. <laughs> oh, he's got to be with your mother. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. So, yeah, Lucy's been going on, like, a bunch of foiled, uh, well, one foiled date so far. Yeah. Um, when she's called home, called away from their first date with Max because Michael's going through the transition, like, tr- starting to get his vampire powers, scaring the shit out of Sam. So Sam calls his mom to go. But we really don't have time to develop these characters. It does like, not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All that matters is that we get the scene where he comes over for dinner and yeah. they feed him garlic on his spaghetti. Yes, on his spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they turn the lights out and then put a mirror up to his face. Yeah. Um, and But he passes all the vampire tests yeah. when he comes over for dinner the second time. Um, so he is, he, you know, it, it eliminates him as a suspect. Or does it? <laughs> um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's very obvious that he's still a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this, so the day after that, um, Michael comes home from, you know, getting, getting down. Uh, and his mom just gives him a real quick, you good? And then lets him carry on with his <laughs> weird shit basically unfazed. Because, yeah. again... We're not searching these relationships. Moving along, we see a great use of practical effects. Um, one of the best use of practical effects in the whole movie when in the scene where the Lost Boys take Michael to complete his transformation. Oh, this uh, is, yeah. By this attack. Is, this is a very scary scene. It like, is scary. The and makeup, brutal. Yeah, and it's really, like, it, it is he, gory. They bite his fucking head. Like, yeah. he, they chomps on his head. Yeah, and they, like, take it. They're ripping people apart. Like, yeah. there's blood everywhere. But also, just the prosthetics and the makeup that they put on Kiefer Sutherland and Alex Wynn, all the Lost Boys, like, they are scary. Yeah. They're legitimately terrifying looking, especially, like, before you had, like, digital effects or, like, before you'd kind of seen, like, the ghoul face that was really popularized, like, the transition into having fangs and stuff that you really, really started with, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah that like traditional like i'm human i'm a scary monster vampire they wanted to still make them pretty enough though yeah they didn't make them so ugly that they weren't like fuckable yeah (laughs) yeah they were like still fuckable like we're gonna give it the 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 witches and hathaway one yeah we're like you have like slightly exaggerated forehead and slight and i think they did a lot of testing on the actual look for the vampires like schumacher originally was presented um, but from the the makeup artist with a, a much more ghoulish and and horror-y um look for the vampires where he was gonna like really elongate their foreheads and their chins yeah. and like make them look like make monsters yeah and he was like mm, we gotta tone that down yeah because we yeah this is again Hot, hot, sexy, teen beach vampire. He's like, vampire is the last word in that. And then we have hot and sexy. Yes. (laughs) So we want them to still be fuckable. Um, But yeah, so, but that scene is scary. And Michael, you know, he, he runs away um, because he, he refuses to to kill people and, you know, thus like refuses to become a full vampire also. Um, And it's at this point when he gets back, um, that star shows up at Michael and Sam's house and reveals that she is also half vampire, which we should have assumed already. Yeah, she's also a vampire. Yeah, it's yeah. A, and then you know Michael we should have assumed that yeah. Michael's supposed to be her first kill, so that's how that happened. They're like, damn, <laughs> she leaves, 
and Sam and Mike agree to go and save her and kill the vampires at this point. Like they're like, all right, it was time to stop fucking around. Look at it. So that brings us into act three, uh, which is killing vampires in the showdown. That's where they invade uh, the, the nest. Yeah. Their so coven. They yeah. team, they team up with the frog brothers. That's right. And they go to the, the vampire, the hot vampire beach hotel. <laughs> I love that the Frog Brothers got more screen time in the end. Yeah. They come back in a big way. It's Corey Feldman's voice in this movie. He's, he's deserved of the name Frog. Yeah. As like his last name. That's a good one. He's like. Yeah, he's got a little little ribbit voice. Pray you never need to call us. Like, it's so, and it's so like, they're so, it, it, it's it's like a classic little, they, they have such little brother energy. Yes. Like little Which brother. the 80s did better than anything else. And Corey Feldman in particular. Yeah. Corey Feldman had great little brother Because the Goonies energy. is nothing but little brother energy. It's all little brother. Stand by well, me. Yeah. Again. Little brother Little energy. brother energy. And uh, stand by me, Kiefer Sutherland bad guy, Corey Feldman, young good guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy how like all these, uh, these little kids like kind of circled around one another because Corey Haim I think actually auditioned to be in Stand By Me. He visited to be in the Goonies with yeah. Corey Feldman. He didn't get in. That's right. That's right. They, they both auditioned, uh, auditioned for Mouth and he didn't get it. But it was going to be a Corey playing that part no matter what. you damn what. right it was. <laughs> you damn right. Corey, can we talk for a second about how charming Corey, Corey Haim is? Very, very charming. Like he really is a good little actor yes. in this. And like he's so charming. He's even a good little actor if you go and watch him in Stephen King's uh, Silver Bullet yeah. about the werewolf. Yeah. And I mean, in Lucas, like, his life is very sad. Yeah. And it sucks that he struggled with addiction and, like, with everything that happened to him. I mean, like, every he, he was clearly, like, not well and adjusted to start him poorly and, like, was taken advantage of as a kid. But, like, he really had some star power. I want to say he is by far the more talented of the two Corys. Oh, of the two Corys, for sure. Like, he was a, a good little actor. Yeah. I he mean, really was. Feldman was, he, he was good at being a goof, and he yeah. never should have, but, like, Corey Haim actually had the potential to become, like, a major star, I think. Yeah. It's sad that he didn't, but in this movie, it's great to see him kind of at his top, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shining. No, he killed it. But, yeah, he's like a, he's like a, a little, a little Matthew Broderick, like Ferris yeah. Bueller type energy, like just a, a, a charming young kid. Um, but yeah, so we, we team up with the Frog Brothers and we're going to go invade the nest. And Michael is weakened because it's the day. So the Frog Brothers really get to, and Sam really get to kind of take the lead here. And um, we get some little, some more little 80s jokes. We get some more little hijinks. There's a lot of hijinks and, and, and silliness going on <laughs> yeah. whenever the Frog Brothers are involved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they invade the lair. They find we find where they sleep, and they're sleeping upside down like bats, which is kind of creepy. And you get to see their feet, which are pretty disgusting. The feet were very gross, dude. The, the uh, Kiefer the, Sutherland's the, feet, his little hooked foot, latched on to the bar. Mm-mm. Yeah, the effects that guy did a great job. Yeah, fantastic. The pra- practical pra- effects are on point. Like really, really good. They're on point through the whole movie. Um, but yeah, they they go up and they try and kill. They're, fir- they're like, all right, we're just going to kill the first person who's near us, and which turns out to be Bill from Bill and Ted. Um, Alex Winter, I don't know his name. It's not important because every vampire except for David has almost no lines and does not contribute in any way other than... They laugh a lot. Yeah. They, they con- laugh They contribute to agree. the peer pressure. Yeah. That, they, they laugh and hiss. Yeah. <laughs> and they hang, They all hang from the bridge and they, yeah. they, for, they, you know, they, they, they pressure Michael to join him, but it's really just him and David. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, he does have a name. It's Marco. <laughs> I wrote it down after I said that. Um, 
David and the other two vampires wake up after they kill Marco um, and they try and get Sam and the frogs, but they're beaten back into the cave when they get to when the, they they reach sunlight, like a sunbeam comes down. And we see that they're very susceptible. To I love the line Kiefer Sutherland says. So when after they kill Marco, he's like, "Your meat." Yeah, he's kind of scary. He, he is. really is. He's chasing them pretty quick. He's a good van. He's a good bad guy. I mean, yeah. he's scary in the law in uh, Stand by Me too. Yeah, he is. Like he's especially when like you're small kids, yeah. like or when you're like twelve or thirteen, you have this. I think Kiefer Sutherland was like seventeen when they filmed this. Mm-hmm. I was like, he is. He is scary. Um, but yeah, so they get beaten back into the cave by sunlight and then they just decide to kind of nap it off and night night until yep. <laughs> the sun goes down. Um, so this allows the gang to successfully rescue star and Letty, who is her little brother, who is also a half vampire who has been here the whole time, yep. but not important. <laughs> there just has been some, a kid to ignore. Among Letty's all this. her little brother. I, I missed that. I think so. Or like just her, her ward. Hey, I think I thought it was just a little kid that she, yeah, she was like, no, don't do it. Cause they bit a little kid. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember it being her little brother, but yeah, but well, anyway, Liddy is half vampire. Also, it's not, hasn't taken the, the chain hasn't completed the chain because they haven't, um, fed on a human. Right. And it was supposed to be Michael. And then they were going to take my, Michael just gets bumped right to the front of the line. Fucking gross eighties, white male privilege. Yeah, like, like it's just I guess completely David, frogs. David took a liking to him. Yeah, I think he, he really like he impressed him with the the motorbike race, and then yeah. I think what really sealed the deal for him was when he punched him after he almost like made him drive off the cliff. Like Michael, David makes Michael almost drive off a cliff on their motorbikes, and when Michael falls, he gets off his bike and just punches David in the face, which I think impresses him. All of this is unspoken because again, the plot is a tool in this movie, Um, but not the focus. Um, But yeah, so we rescue star and Letty and now it's time to home alone this bitch. Like it's got to prep the house because they're coming. Yeah. We have to really, (laughs) (laughs) we straight are like Kevin McAllister before Kevin McAllister was even a thing. Um, So the gang knows that the lost boys are going to come for them. At, the, at night. So they gear up with their holy water guns and holy water garlic. <laughs> they got super soakers. Combo they? bath. Yeah. The little bit like the pistol ones. Yeah. Yeah. The little like the OG ones. <laughs> yeah. They were fun. Where are they getting this holy water from? Who is blessing it? Can you, can anybody just bless water and make it holy? They went into the church and they, they snatched it out of there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah okay. they're, they're like the, the, the little, uh, bowls right at the front of the church that's right i've forgotten that okay yeah, yeah so we have we got holy water on deck we got the the super soaker guns we've got uh bow and arrow we've got some stakes um but just before the lost boys attack after they finished all their pre- preparations sam realizes that he has made the biggest mistake of his life yeah and left nanook tied up this is good job by the writers because they they the writer knew i think at this point that we cared about nanook yeah. So like this is a really tense scene. Like it's one of the most tense scenes in the film because I'm worried about Nanook. Yeah, I'm super worried about Nanook. Like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to have this <laughs> playing in the background. Like this is what's this is what's carrying you through the scene <laughs> yeah. as they're getting ready to. It's tension building. We're and we're we're getting ready to say Nanook is like really like strongly tied to a fence outside of the house so they have to run out and save Nanook and they better be glad they did because they saved their motherfucking lives by doing so they did <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, he's a star player on their team. Can't leave him outside. All right, I'll turn it off. More POV flying. <laughs> During the attack on the house, the Frog Brothers uh, give Nanook an assist in killing one of the vampires in a holy water bath by first like squirting a little squirt. Well, they have the great line too that is the letting us know earlier that the garlic on the spaghetti wasn't an indicator of right. being a vampire because he's like, garlic doesn't work, garlic boys. Doesn't work, boys. Like dummies. Like, he says boys. Boys. He's, and then and then. Nanook jumps like straight out of nowhere. Like, yeah. And just like, he's like, hey. And he turns around and gets Nanooked on, knocked into the bath of holy water. Dumped into the holy water. And just kind of melts. Yeah, kind of slowly melts. Yeah, dies. Like, also like convulsing a good bit. Um, but even the Frog Brothers acknowledge, like, they're like, Nanook help a little bit. Yeah. It's like, y'all were fucked. And then, <laughs> and just like, I don't need credit. He's like, I'm good, baby. Anyway, yeah. let me go kill a few more of these for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have the holy water bath. Um, Sam takes out another of the vampires by uh, shooting him with a piddliest little bow. He does have it's, a little bow. It is a piddly little like toy bow. I had a little mental debate over what whether the arrow was going to kill them before he shot it yeah because i was like okay i stake i get but is it the width of the wood that kills you i was like is it wood in in general because spoiler alert when when michael kills david after their showdown he just impales him on antlers yes and i was like antlers are not wood. yeah i was like this isn't wood i was like do they just have to get impaled also it goes through the antlers go through his lungs and definitely yeah. not his heart maybe they catch like a part of his heart but it's not through the the middle so is it just being impaled i don't know if it's just being impaled it seems like they're way weaker which makes sense as to how they get obliterated yes very easily yeah, <laughs> like, by like a dog yeah. and some kids yeah. <laughs> like it really is not very hard for the gang to take out the lost boys like the Once lost you boys, know their weakness yeah which is impaling sharp mildly sharp, sharp things yes. <laughs> that are long enough yeah, to, to go it. through yeah. somebody like wh- yes. when he gets he so sam misses the first time with the bow and at first i was gonna th- i thought he was just gonna tank off of him and be like you're using a toy to try and kill me yeah but no they're like no the bow is legitimate the tiny bow will be respected and when he gets in the second time, <laughs> it like impales him and knocks him back and yeah. like impales him and sticks him to a stereo. And then like, there's a cool the stereo shocks him. Yeah. A cool little practical effect. There are lots of lights and sparks and what Corey Ham's just like death by stereo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, he got to say his little line. Yeah. He got, he got to say this fun little, his one liner. And then Michael and David had their confrontation. David is like using his vampire powers Michael in turn has to call upon his training. Yes. And use his vampire powers. Um and he does he he kills David. He throws David into the antlers like we talked about. And then Star and Michael are like, "Oh no. We hadn't changed back. We hadn't changed back." Michael's like, "My face is still all fucked up." Cuz yeah. when he goes into vampire mode, he gets the the scary face makeup. Um and that it's at that point that uh Michael and Sam's mom, Lucy, comes home with Max, uh, and she's only sort of phased by like the fact that her house is completely destroyed, yes. and there are two dead bodies in her living room. Yeah. <laughs> she's just kind of like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> uh, but we don't have to worry about that because Max immediately jumps in and tells the evil plan, tells his evil plan after he sees David is dead. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
again, very obvious that he's been the head vampire this whole time. Right. Like very clear, but not worried, not to be worried about as soon as he is done talking about his plan to take Lucy as his like bride of, of Dracula yeah, and put their families together. He's like, I knew I had to get your kids so that you would have no choice, but to come and be my bride. <laughs> like, So that's why he, Michael David bit Michael. Yeah, that's why he was acting on orders. We find out now, but not to worry because as soon as all that gets explained, Grandpa OG just immediately, immediately, <laughs> like not a second after he's done yeah. after the period on his sentence, does Grandpa OG bust through the front door, bust through the front door with a trailer foot of full of wooden fence posts, Giant which which are posts. they're earned. No, and so is the taxidermy because they show the taxidermy yeah. room early. In the film. It's one of the first things they show, and they definitely show they show Grandpa OG uh, mil- the- building a fence yes, and they putting do. fence posts in the ground. So I mean, and they make sure to show the sharp end of it. Yeah, they and let so you know we're these like, are going to be used. These are giant wooden. Stakes. This is a gun. Yeah. It will go off. Yeah. <laughs> but Grandpa OG comes out, and I mean, he just, just straight mercs Max immediately. Max puts him down. Explodes. There's like again, very easy to kill these vampires. They are not that big of a threat. Yeah. If everybody Kinda from Dust till dawn ish. Yeah. Yeah. But like we it also later, but we feel sad for everybody who's died at the hands of the vampires so far because we're like, oh, they're so easy to kill. If you just had yeah, panic, you just had like a stick. Yeah, you probably would have been okay. It's a yeah. tragedy. But they're soft. They're very soft. Very delicate. When you think about Corey Feldman being able to like jab a wooden stake through somebody like that deep, yeah, I'm kind of like they're squishy. Yeah, because yeah. they, I don't think your little baby children child arms I could push a wooden they, stake that they far. They turn and they have the consistency of like a stretch Armstrong. I think, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a lot of where their power comes from. Very popular toy in the early nineties. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that immediately takes care of everything. Um, Max uh, dead. Michael Starr and Letty are free of their vampirism, and Grandpa OG then uh, puts a nice little bow on everything by by saying, giving his one liner. You know, one thing about living in Santa Carla, I can never stomach all the damn vampires. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that is the end of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. All in all, yeah, vampires very easy to kill, and it's amazing that they lasted as long as they did. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Closing thoughts uh, of mine. Do you well, do you have any closing thoughts before I give mine? I thought it was a fun a fun film that was shot well and directed well, and it is. I wouldn't definitely. I definitely wouldn't call it like a good good movie traditionally. I think, yeah. but it's it's good and that it's entertaining for sure. It and you it's could fun. you could make the case that that is what films are for. So in that sense, it is a good movie, and uh, yeah, because um, it's certainly entertaining and. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I haven't. I've I've seen Lost Boys. I think twice in my life, and both times I was left with like, I just expected that to be so much worse. I was like, yeah. I, that just felt like it should have been way worse, and it wasn't. And it kind of goes to show that like you Schumacher going. knows what the fuck he's doing. He, he doesn't know what's up. So I'm like, he the guy knows what he's doing. He, There's a lot of ways to do this really badly, and I've seen those so many times that yeah. it looks like that. That I think like, oh, this is going to be terrible, but yeah, no. And I mean, Schumacher's not like. He's not a goat, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, no, he's not a goat. Not, but he's a really good director by any means. But yeah, he can handle, he can handle fucking making a, a big movie. Yeah. Um, and like I think, uh, to just to not to draw too too direct a comparison, but like last week we were talking about, or you know, whenever it's released in what order we we have or will talk about Tank Girl on this podcast, yeah. and uh, like I think the the these are two movies that were 
designed to be viewed in the same way. Yeah, like, as like as, just entertain. As like a just for fun. Yeah. But I think the big difference between this and Tank Girl is that Tank Girl almost gets like too plotty. Like there's too much going on for you to just sort of lean back and enjoy the stupid fun. Yeah. Like there's and like there's stuff that you miss that's just like it it, it and so and a lot so much of it got cut and so much of it's just like honestly like there are just some bad decisions that were made that like when you watch it, you're like, what's going on? I don't know. But this is very straightforward. Like you get, you hit all the notes of the plot in lost boys so that you're not confused. Like right. you're not, you're not wondering what's going on and you're not like taken aback by like poor execution of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like you are just along for like a cheap fun ride. Yeah. It knows what it is. Yeah. It's, it's self-aware. It's self-aware and it's constructed. Yeah. By someone that knows how to construct a film. Yeah, he really understands like like the 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 act structure of yeah. a movie and like all rising action. He he understood what was important about his movie because to try and right. get too heady with the Lost Boys would have been a huge mistake. Huge. If this movie was 2 hours it would be really bad. Yeah, if it was like honestly 5 minutes longer. <laughs> like it would have It just crossed the finish it line. It would have huh? it would have hedged like 90 minutes chef's kiss like yeah. just perfect perfect amount of time for a movie like this um and you know because of that there are definite big chunks of character development and relationship building that we do miss but that's not again not important in this are there huge unst- unturned stones yeah. of the horror of teenagers and children being frozen in time as immortal demons perhaps against their will definitely do michael and star speak from like more than 10 or 20 words to one another before they have sex no. Does Michael speak more than 10 or 20 words to David before he just hauls off and joins a vampire gang? No. Does does Grandpa, has he been aware of everything going on the whole time and willfully withheld life-saving information from his family for the sake of a juicy one-liner? Find out next week on... Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant, I say. The Lost Boys is about fun. We're having fun. And... Like, you know, uh, all their closing thoughts, practical effects are a little bit dated, but still better than some we'd see on, like, Buffy years later. Oh, yeah, they're way better than Buffy. Yeah. Also, but, I mean, Buffy... This also, had a think, huge budget, though. Yeah, it did. It, well, I think... It, it had a I, big budget. I looked it up as, like, eight, $8, $9 million, I think. Okay. Well, but damn. for eighty, yeah. for 86, 87... I, I guess, again, I want everyone to remember that movies scaled down so much more back then. I mean, you go back 20 years. Not... not, not This had an $8 less. million dollar budget? That's what Google says. Okay. But it, but Pink so Girl had a twenty five million dollars. I know, <laughs> but it was also made like eight years later. But okay, true enough, true enough. And it's longer, and there's way more. Pra- like you got people. Like, Tank Tank Girl's scope is just much bigger than this movie. You're right. You're right. Um, good lesson to be learned there. Good lesson. Good lesson. We can t- we can tone it down. You can tone it down. You can do more with eight than you could do with twenty five if es- you keep your movie smaller. Especially if you have, you know, a brand new character, we could spend some time just building up a couple of characters. We don't have to take on like, you know, a year's worth of comics or whatever in a franchise in, in one movie. Yeah. Um anyway. <laughs> the vampires are scary enough to keep it interesting, but you know, there's just enough plot to to move us between the set pieces and pack in all the jokes and the visuals that we're here for. The only truly unforgivable thing that the movie is guilty of is the completely <laughs> unsatisfying ending. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but it, it even that is not that big of a sin because it's so quick. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, and it's over. <laughs> uh, I give it five out of 11 bedazzled wine bottles of vampire blood. Um, and I'm, I'm not in the cult 
of Lost Boys just because I, I can't rep for it super hard. But, uh, you know, I check out a meeting for some snacks and some light chit-chat. <laughs> I give it... Eight out of 14 shrunken heads, and <laughs> I am in the cult of uh, Lost Boys. I dig it. I, I, th- I think the movie, it, I think the movie is, it, it's just executed well, and my love of the craft has really just makes me admire it for that. For, for, for what really should be, I like movies, I think, that should, when you look at a bunch of movies similar to it, be bad, mm-hmm. but are not because the people in charge of making them really cared and knew what they were doing. Yeah. And that's why I like Lost Boys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just efficiency and and like a great a great ca- great casting crew. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you shoot a, a movie in 3 weeks for 8 million dollars and then go on to make like I think the the worldwide gross was like 32 million. That's a great movie then. So in terms of return, ROI ROI, baby. <laughs> they return on investment. Um, but yeah, so this has been Cult of Classics. Thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate your time and we appreciate you hanging out with us. If you want to check out some more of us, we have more of these episodes. We have a, a prior season that you can check out. Um, also, we have a, a sister podcast. Uh, a brother podcast that we do called Tap Snaps. I'm sure you're aware of it if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this and you don't know Tap Snaps, I'm amazed that you got here and welcome. Um, but we also have a Patreon that you can check out for you know un- lost episodes and um, writing projects, uh, early access to web shorts and um, you know content voting, shout outs, stuff like that. Cool, bunch of cool shit. Uh, and that's patreon.com slash tap snaps. So again, thanks for listening and we will see y'all next week or whenever you want to listen to it as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>